Last week, Jesus was passing through Jericho on the way to Jerusalem, but then he stops and stays at the home of Zacchaeus. Well, in today's scripture, we find that he has made it to Jerusalem, which means he is drawing ever nearer to his death. What caused his death? Well, since he has arrived in Jerusalem, Luke has people asking questions, trying to trip Jesus up, trying to turn public opinion about him. Why? Why? Because he was a threat? Why? Maybe because those in the establishment feared the crowds. Why? Maybe he was different. Maybe he had such authority that was out of this world. It was a threat. Maybe he was acting his age. I'll explain. From Luke, the 20th chapter, verses 27 through 38. Hear the word of God. Some Sadducees, those who say there is no resurrection, came to him and asked him a question. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, leaving a wife but no children, the man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first married and died childless, then the second and the third married her, and so in the same way all seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had married her. Jesus said to them, Those who belong to this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die anymore because they are like angels and are children of God, being children of the resurrection. And the fact that the dead are raised, Moses himself showed in the story about the bush where he speaks of the Lord, of the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now he is God, not of the dead, but of the living. For to him all of them are alive. And this is the word of the Lord. Those who belong to this age, says Jesus, and those who belong to that age are like angels, children of God, children of the resurrection. This age, that age, your age, every age comes with some expectation. When you were a baby, People expected you to act your age, and you did. But the ages change, and there comes a time when acting like a baby is not of the right age. And so it goes when someone whines on a beautiful day that the Lord has made, why do I have to go to church? I don't want to go to church. They never talk about anything that has to do with me in church. Bobby doesn't go to church. Why do I have to go? Well, you're my husband, and I think you really need to go. (laughs) You see, the desire is for the whining one to act his age. And when I say his age, I mean the age of Jesus. Jesus speaks of ages when he responds to that question from the Sadducees about the resurrection. Jesus knows something is up. 
because Luke has told us that Sadducees do not believe in the resurrection, and that is why they're sad, you see. Thank you, I'll be here all night. Anyway, he had to know something was up with the question about the resurrection from the Sadducees. He had to know that it was a childish question, just by the sound of it, just by the sound of it. It's about widows and death. That's a serious thing. But the widow, seven husbands, seven. You can't be serious. Come on. You know, if I was the seventh husband, I would sleep with one eye open. I would have my meals out at a restaurant. You know you would. Something's up. So why the question? Why the question to entrap Jesus? I think those who live in the age of religion are always about their religion being the best. Who would advocate for a second-rate theology or a second-rate God? You know, in my life, every theological debate that I enter, I know fully well that I have a superior understanding of God. I do. Now, you do the same thing. You know, of all the places there are to worship in this city, you chose right here. You didn't come here because one day you hoped that you can make it to become a Baptist. Right? No. You have arrived. You're a Presbyterian. And I think if we're real quiet, we can hear the Episcopalians down the road praying, hoping that they too could become Presbyterians one day. The Sadducees are of that age. They believe that they have arrived in their theology, their understanding of God, and I think they're trying to make Jesus one of them because Jesus is wrong. What is right is a Sadducee. They have a Bible that only contains five books, Genesis to Deuteronomy, the books of Moses, that's it. In those books, you will learn that you are God's chosen people. In that book, you'll, you'll learn of the law and how to live as God's chosen people. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Now, we know because, as I've said, we live in the age of religion. We know that the Sadducees are wrong. You can't limit God to just five books, not when you've got the whole Bible. But in saying that, in saying that, I know some Christians whose Bible is really only half a chapter long. These are the people who come on Christmas Eve and take your seats. <laughs> what they hear on that evening is that God is a baby. They come year after year after year, and that's all they need to hear. 
It's a beautiful passage. What's not to love about a baby? Unless you're with a baby on an airplane. But what's not to love about a baby, especially this baby, the little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay? I think they're just looking for some peace. That's all they need. Just half a chapter. But then some of those, not all, will show up again on Easter because they believe in the resurrection. What's not to love about a resurrection morning? The room smells like lilies and new clothes and whatever chemical goes into dry cleaning. If it's toxic, it's a pleasant toxic. Brass and friends, and off to grandmother's house we go for ham and banana pudding. Birth and resurrection, that's all people need from the Bible, but that's not you. Your Bible has more breath unless you're gone in the summer or for fall break or spring break or the Titans game or Martin Luther King's, uh, uh, you know. But we know the Bible isn't the church. Going to the church doesn't mean you have to read the, you, you just limit the Bible. We know that, but I don't know about you, but I know that there are pages in the Bible that I read. I read them but I skip over them when it comes to implementation. That one about do not judge lest you be judged. That speck in your neighbor's eye, you, you can't comment on that while you have a log in your own eye. I have a hard time believing that passage. That passage about forgive your neighbor seven times 70, do you believe that one? Sell all that you have and follow me. <laughs> you don't believe that one, do you? Do not even be angry with your brother or sister. You ever pull that one on your spouse? Hey, <laughs> don't be angry with me. You remember what Jesus said? I may do it with my spouse, but I'm not going to do it. My anger is a righteous anger. I'm just saying there are passages in our own Bible that are in there, but we don't believe them. In the age in which we live, we limit God to what suits the way we live and move and have our being. But I think in our scripture today, Jesus is trying to get us to act his age. And by that, I mean the age of the resurrection. Believing in the resurrection. Now, that just isn't a mental hurdle. You just don't, I believe in the resurrection. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying in believing in the resurrection is that we know that there's nothing, nothing that can separate us from the love of God, not even death. We see that in Jesus. He acts that age. That age has no fear. He's not afraid to break over border. He's not afraid to touch the untouchable. He's not afraid to love the unlovable. He's not afraid to speak truth to people who have become accustomed to the taste of lies. He's not afraid. Nothing, nothing. Nothing, he knows, can separate him from the love of God, not even death. 
He lives the age of the resurrection. We need to act his age. There's no better time. There's a lot of fear out there. There's a lot of anger out there. There's a lot of death and destruction out there. And a lot of people can make that their religion and say that they're right. But we are people who have nothing to fear, who can speak God's truth. That's why we're here. Now they can bury us deep as a bone, but even there, God shall find us. His right hand shall raise us up. It's why we're here. I was looking at that list of names in the bulletin. We're going to read them shortly. They're not a list of names. Every single one of those names is a person who on this earth, well, they lived his age. Moment to moment, they did. I mean, look at the list. There's John Cowan, John Cowan, life of ministry. Always there when you needed him. Pick up the phone. There's John. I was always amazed by John in the church. Could not see. Deaf, stone deaf. But he could always say amen before any of us. He'd say the prayer. He couldn't hear the amen. John Cowan. Dakey, always sending a note to some kind soul, always giving. That's the age of the resurrection. Not afraid to, to care. May Hodge. <laughs> she could go into the Green Hills Kroger's high heels and painted nails, and she would know the names of everyone who worked at the store. Everyone called them by name, asked about their life, made friends with people at Kroger's. I can't stand going into the Green Hills Kroger. I'm claustrophobic. And I find Kroger's to be a place that, well, it's for the spatially unaware, and they're just all attracted to me. Every name on the list acted the age of Jesus. Barbara Haynes. There in the court, she had a client, and she met a judge who was so disparaging about her client, so disparaging about people with mental illness. So awful were the words that he used, mongoloids. And she said, enough, enough. And they said, you're a woman. You can't run for judge. And she said, enough, enough, enough. Living the age, Gracie Allen, who taught physical education. And what did the student say about her? 
She cared not only about the students' physical health, but the students' mental health as well, which means she took time to pull someone aside and look them eye to eye and care. Child of the resurrection, Jody Folk worked on every Habitat house, made countless trips down to the Gulf, always ended every conversation with, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? And so, there they are. There they are. They're not gone. You can hear the bells ringing. They're not gone. I can hear them cheering us on. Act the age of Jesus. I can hear, what can I do for you? That's what he said. I can hear it plain as day. I can hear him say, I'll give my life for you. Resurrection.